good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Redeeming Qualities Podcast, the podcast where it's not how men speak, but how friends speak. I'm joined by our host today, Kalikstro, Kiko, or Fez, uh, Musty Ass Mark, or Rastafari Unicorn, and myself, just Dan, or Dirty Dan, or uh, also the Nazi. I just want to put that out there. I feel like that's coming up today somehow. Um, <laughs> Fez, take it away. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, man. that You know what? That was a much better intro than what uh, what old uh, Mark gave me last week. He was like, yeah, let me talk about Rogers, the best, the best, the best. And it's like, oh, yeah, and, and Feds. Oh. oh, I just got out the gym. It was leg day. I'm on that pre-workout plus, like, the the post-workout celebration, you know? So yeah, I'm, it sounds like homie accidentally left. Yeah, sorry about that, y'all, man. No, no it's happened right. to all of us, man. Yeah, it, it is quite often. This is all the stuff that gets edited out because it has to be. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and introduce Eric. Eric is a uh, uh, a friend from back home, and uh, yeah, I've got you know I'm going to start it off with a, a little bit of a question for him. How would you describe Shoshone, Wyoming? That's for a great question. Who've never, who've never been there. <laughs> um. You know, for me, uh, it's it's literally the epitome of a poor white working class. Uh, Wyoming, just for perspective, the 11th largest geographical state out of 50, um, but significant, significantly the lowest population. There's roughly half a million people in the 11th largest state. So per capita, there's 10 times the space per citizen as any other state you could possibly go to. Um, cultural diversity. Not at all. Calistro <laughs> uh, can speak to this. Uh, we went through a K through 12 school, which in most other places are unheard of. In Shoshone, Wyoming, that is just the school. <laughs> and the high school kids know the elementary kids, etc. I knew Calistro. He was two years older than me. Uh, so we spent a lot of time together in high school, mostly. But uh, his brothers and sisters that, you know, were older than him. Like I even knew them just from being in elementary school while they were in high school and playing high school sports and big town events, you know? So you just, everybody knew everybody that's Shoshone, but I do mm-hmm. want to emphasize zero, <laughs> zero cultural diversity, man. I believe yeah. uh, the Martinez. So when did you meet your first black person? That's my question. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, straight to it. <laughs> Dude, honest answer, honest answer. Uh, we lived at a intersection of three highways in central Wyoming and me and mm-hmm. Kiko we worked at a convenience store there. The convenience store in town is the happening spot. So that's where everybody goes. All the school kids, all the parents, everybody does their one stop shopping there. You see like everybody. See everybody. I was 15 years old before I seen my first black man. <laughs> Are wow. you serious? A hundred percent. Yeah. Um, That's I, fucking crazy. I, I mean, I'm from Seattle, but like, dude, it's no, not like, like that. Real talk. Real talk. I am working a cash register, and this brother walks in, and he's shopping, and I took note of him walking in, not like, oh, he's about to rob us, <laughs> but like, whoa, there's a black guy, man. So he comes up to my register, and I'm checking him out, and I'm like, and I, I literally told this guy, I'm like, man, I don't mean to be rude, but like, you're literally the first black person I've ever seen come through here. And he's like, bro, he started busting up laugh. And he's like, bro, where are all the brothers at? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's kind of yeah. funny. And then oh, what? Shit. Did you guys talk? What happened? He just we got had, his, we, he 
got his, we, he got his shit. What did he get? First of all, oh. <laughs> some great dick, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but but to be fair, in Shoshone, nobody drinks water. They all just drink soda. Like mm, it was so, a town where nobody drank water. It's yeah. it's Mountain Dew, Pepsi, yep. or Coke. It is the yeah. weirdest thing. You know, it's one of so I went uh, I went hunting one time with a buddy of mine when we were we were young and we couldn't purchase alcohol. Um, and my my parents were well, not my parents, my mom. My dad was gone, but my mom didn't really care about me drinking as long as I was honest about it and told her what was going on. Um, and my buddy's mom felt the same way, so we go up hunting with her and her buddy or her boyfriend at the time, and we're like. Um, hey, can you guys buy us beer, you know? And they're like, no, like, fuck you. We're not leaving camp. Like, we're staying here. And we're like, oh, we really want beer. So my buddy and I jump in his car and we drive into town. And we're like, man, we're going to bootleg some beer, right? We're, we don't want to go in there and steal anything. So we're just like waiting for somebody. And we're just asking random strangers if they'll buy us beer. And I always think it's just Shawnee for this some reason. <laughs> but like, there's this kid outside at the time we're like, this is a grown man, right? We walk up to him and he's got a full fucking beard and he's holding a beer and he's just drinking on the side of this gas station, like convenience store. And we're like, oh, dude, let's ask this guy, you know? So I like walk up to him. I'm like, hey, man, uh, you mind buying us some beer? And he's like, oh, I'm, I'm 15, man. And he's got that deep ass voice. And I was just like, what the fuck? And I'm like, but you're drinking a beer. And he like turns it around. It's like a Thomas Kemper root beer. And he's just leaned up against the side of the convenience store at like 11 at night. And I'm like, Oh, it's one of those towns, you know, where that's the thing to do. Drink, drink sodas up against a convenience store at 11 o'clock p.m. Dude, that's not a, that is not a lie. Like, that's literally what we would do. We would stand outside of this convenience store until like 11 p.m. and then go home. <laughs> hey, like, a lot of people down at the convenience store. Let's not act like there's not things to see <laughs> and, and, and people to watch. Especially from your area, right? Yes. Over there in Chicago, there's a lot of parts where convenience stores can be quite interesting. Yeah, shit can be jumping over there. So let's not <laughs> at any moment. Can, exactly. Any moment. Some people I, you see passers through, like shit can get cracking. You know what's you know what's so funny is I still know Chicago's zip code because of Scruff McGruff. I know that's such a random thing to throw out there. No, but I mean that is, is like eight one eight five two. It's six. No, Scruff. McGruff, Chicago, Chicago Illinois. Illinois. 60652. Or six. There's a bunch of sixes. Does it, Chicago, like the county, Cook County is humongous. It has like 13 or 14 zip codes within it, which is kind of hard to imagine. So there's 60461, 605. There's so many zip codes within the Chicagoland area and then Metro Chicago. So it's, it's pretty uh, nuts. But yes, that is the Scruff McGruff one, which is hilarious. You, you want to know something ridiculous about Wyoming as well? Like, this what? is something I could never understand is, like, when people were, like, repping area codes about their phone. Wyoming has one area code for the entire state. That's – that's so it must be by population. So it has to be for, by it, population. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm assuming you run on a number, but the entire state's 307. That's crazy. That's pretty nuts. That's actually kind of cool, though. Wait, wait, wait. Montana has, like, 577,000 people in it. And then how many does Wyoming have? No, uh, Montana has to be. Well, Montana's bigger. I don't know. I don't know. Ask uh, Fred's friend. The dude's like a fucking scientist. Yeah, he did just say. Hey, blah, 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 11th state per capita. Fucking breaking down facts. Yeah, that was, that was great. That was some CIA fucking facts. Right? Shit. Eric, what do you do? If you don't mind my inquiry. Not like, not for work. And oh, money, no, it's, like, no. They have a million. Sorry, it's Wyoming with the 500. Sorry. 
Yeah, that's us. I was gonna Jesus! say like, Five hundred seventy-eight thousand. Yes, five hundred seventy-eight. That's insane, dude. That's not even the city of Seattle, and Seattle's not even a big city, dude. That's yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, y'all got Kanye there now, so <laughs> we we got we got yeah. He's 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 uh, he's diversifying the state. Oh, shit, what, I think we lost Eric again. But what I right. know about Wyoming, what I know about Wyoming is I tried to say, well, Kanye's coming there. You know, he's trying to make it in a, 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 a place where there's stuff to do. You know, at least he could like build businesses around there. Maybe fucking make it a a, a a destination spot. But my friend who drives trucks says like, legitimately, there's that like that's one of the places where they tell truck drivers, truck driver because it's so icy. It's like one of the hardest places to drive. That like it's a rough place to even get to. You know, oh, in yeah. the winter times. Yeah. So um, I was I was on a road. Uh, I, this is like this is gonna be some Wyoming facts for you. I was going over the pass. And it's called South Pass. I was doing it in the, in the wintertime in my little uh, Datsun pickup truck. And the wind started blowing and the roads were so icy, it started moving me over to the guardrail. And my truck touches it and the wind starts rocking me like it's going to knock me off a mountain. So it's so icy. And that, that's on a Datsun truck. Imagine like a, a semi-truck with like two trailers behind it. That is got to right. be It's got to be a fucking sail on the side of it, Pico. basically. Yes, absolutely. Is that- is that Datsun? Is that the that little red Datsun that you used to drive in high school? That little five speed? The, the white the white Datsun. It was white. It was actually it was a Toyota pickup truck. Yeah. It looked like a Datsun. But yes. Man. Bro, I remember your fat ass used to sink that <sighs> thing to the left when you were kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was gonna ask to begin with. <laughs> I was waiting for my opportunity. Bro, yes. yeah. you fat fuck in a little car. Oh, a little bit. <laughs> I've been listening to this podcast. I've been listening to this podcast for two months, man. And y'all make fun of of uh, Fess for being fat, and really and you fat. have no idea how funny that is to me because yo, <laughs> that dude is not fat. That dude, if he wanted to, would kill me with with his bare right. hands. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. That's why we love to just fat ass. And the funny part is, like everybody's like, "Yeah, fat." Ass. And I'm like, "Yeah." The only reason why anybody says that is because, uh, in my opinion, the Marine Corps has a kind of ridiculous uh, height and weight standard. Like they do some weird stuff instead of like properly figuring out body fat percentage. So. Fez, just the way he's shit, like he's he's a beast of a man. But they've always been like, well, your weight's not there. Your weight's not, you know, and it's like held him back, even though he's excelled so well at his job since I've ever Whoa. known him. Like he's one of the best people to do his job for what he does. Um, but he's been held back and he still outperforms so many people. So um, well, that's all like, fair, but that's also not the way it's always been, right? And and I have a little bit of insight into this because I did actually wrestle and play football with this dude for years. There wasn't, <laughs> there was not an athletic bone in this dude's body until he turned <laughs> seventeen years old. I'm telling you, really? That, that's right. That's true. That he is, might uh, very true. He might disagree. He might tell you stories about his brother used to cockfight him and stuff, and he was a little beast. And, and, and oh, far, far from me I, to argue. I just, I just imagine that's me and my brother pulling out the right? <laughs> Fucking dog. That is Wyoming finest cockfighting. <laughs> you ever been to a Wyoming cockfight? It's Kanye a Wyoming duck fight. <laughs> I'm going to give you with the helicopter. Yo. 
Have you ever? Chaz <laughs> once told me he perfected the helicopter, and I'm like, remember when you told me that? And then he fucking rescinded on it, and I'm like, no, you told me that you perfect. He's like, no, I had, a, and I'm like, nobody's got wrong. a helicopter. No, wrong, 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 wrong. I said I perfected the no hands clap. Yeah, but everybody can no. Okay, you're right. You had assumed That's it was it my, my right. dick, Sorry. but it's actually my balls hitting my butt cheeks. Oh, yeah, you got floppy grandpa balls. <laughs> Those gramp nuts. Just... Not a lot of elasticity in this ball skin. <laughs> right? It's just been flopping. There's no uh, no brazier action anymore from the sack, you know? I, I do I do need a brazier from the balls. But uh, let's so dispel I, I... a myth real quick, man. Like, uh, so, so this guy, um, me and Calistro, man, we lost touch for years and years. Just, he was doing the Marines. I was doing my electrical apprenticeship and for years we lost touch right and i reconnect with them and oh you know oh man we lost you was again. that me that cut out or nope nope eric we okay. just lost you completely go ahead and go again sorry all right all right, all right. so to dispel a myth man like um Calistro. Oh, wow. did exactly. Did you practice? I know. This? He fucking nailed it. <laughs> and then you cut it off again bitch. let him go okay 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 let the man speak. <laughs> Yo, this kid, um, not an athletic bone in his body. And so, you know, literally, I literally witnessed the transformation in this guy. I can actually point to the exact moment that it happened. We're on the football field, summertime, school hasn't even started, and we're doing wind sprints across the short side of the football field. And fat-ass Calistro, if you can just picture Calistro in spandex before he was muscle-bound marine Calistro, Fat ass Calistro in spandex, and he's out there, and we're all we all got our dicks in the dirt. I mean, we're sucking wind. And I look up, man, and leading these wind sprints near the very end is fat ass lineman Calistro. And I'm like, holy cow, look at that dude. It's like just this fire was lit under his belly. And I remember our coach, Coach Weber, just started getting on him, and Kiko was just getting after it. And from that moment forward, like a leader was born, man. And I'm not convinced he was ever the same after that. Prior to that, <clears throat> I've seen softness in Calistro time and time again. <laughs> but I do, I do want to talk about something. There's been a physical transformation with this man, a physical transformation, literally the story of, 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 of a, goddamn, a goddamn caterpillar turning into a butterfly, man. And, and that's literally what I want to talk about. This man went out for wrestling when he was 17 years old. I don't know that he ever wrestled a day in his life, but if you could imagine a heavyweight with no muscle and skinny ass legs and the biggest muffin top you could fucking imagine. <laughs> By the way, he, he's not lying. Me in a singlet was not an attractive sight. Was was, oh, isn't it supposed to hold in the muffin top? <laughs> like, no, no, no it's just supposed to hold in your legs and everything else spills over. And Bro, Spandex got some give to it. <laughs> what you don't understand is muffin top, but there's muffin top coming out of my armpits, my, my oh, chest area. My I back. got you. Everything's squeezing, so the excess skin just pops. You look like the Michelin man. Yes, yes, the Michelin man. Absolutely. Okay. And, and this, is, this is what it was, right? In high school, there wasn't a ton of heavyweights. Calistro was a legitimate heavyweight, okay? But I don't believe he had any practical wrestling experience prior to being 17 years old. So he's going out for wrestling in high school for the first time ever as a heavyweight. And I just remember thinking to myself, Kiko was always 
Mr. Popular, regardless of whatever he may tell you, you want to talk about teacher's pet, Mr. Popular, funny guy in every class. Dude was great. But the confidence in himself that that individual had to have had to go out in front of hundreds of people with his muffin tot ass singlet, <laughs> it <laughs> bewildered me, bro. <laughs> I, did, I just didn't have any shame. Uh, uh, I think... I think the shame was uh, uh, just destroyed out of me, burnt out of me. Uh, my mom is the type of person that has a permanent yard sale in her front. <laughs> so no, I, yeah, I got kinda, in a town of 500, we were the ones that were known for just ridiculousness. And it was just one of those things that just, I, I couldn't have any shame because it was already burnt out of me well what your family didn't give you a chance yeah exactly absolutely but um can i ask uh do you remember the first time you met fez like how young were you when you first met him and how did you guys become friends in the first place yeah yeah let me let me tell this let me tell this story um me and calistro uh you know contrary to what might be assumed like we were never good homies you know uh there was an age gap um, two years than me, but so I was in a, a three-year elementary program where, where uh, they basically kind of split up. As I like to tell the story, the smart kids from the dumb kids, and Calistro was in the other half, so <laughs> I didn't have a ton of exposure to him in elementary school. By the time I hit junior high, we had a two-year junior high, not a three-year, so he was gone to high school by the time I came into junior high. But we had mutual friends. It was a small town. There's 500 people in Shoshone, Wyoming. And, and trust me when I say, everybody literally knew everybody. If you saw somebody that you didn't recognize, the first thing you did was turn to the person to your left or right and say, who is that? You literally knew everybody. So I was aware of Calistro. I always thought he was funny. I always looked up to him as an upperclassman. I always uh, respected the way that he carried himself and the respect that he garnered from his peers um, but me and Calistro, man, we didn't really hang out until we had a lot of direct exposure. And that would have been my ninth and 10th grade years in high school. Uh, what happened was I got super lucky and got a job at a place called Fastlane. It was the convenience store in town. And about a year later, Calistro got hired on and instant best friends is, is the way that I really remember it. Um, I was kind of showing him the ropes, how to do the cash register, stocking shelves, and just stuff like that. And, uh, you know, in comes Calistro, super funny, awesome guy, uh, instantly becomes the boss's pet. She fucking hated me. <laughs> and here I am training the guy that she now reveres. Um, but, you know, such is life. And, and to dispel any myth about Calistro, man, uh, Calistro... I don't care what you say, bro. <laughs> you have always been the popular guy in the room. You have always been the class clown. And at the same time, you always also managed to be the teacher's pet. How yeah. did you do well, that? It takes up all that fucking space. How did space. you do that? Um, <clears throat> I, I honestly don't know. Um, I just, I don't, I just have a, a happiness about life. I think that's, I think that's the thing that is, to take every moment and just be like, yeah, this sucks, but be happy about it. Just like, I'm pretty sure Danny could tell you, no matter how terrible it got, like even during deployments and stuff, I was happy eating Danny's food at Shikvani. I was happy. Oh, dude. 
I remember you remember coming out to Shivani, and I'm just like, dude, yeah, this place, man, this place. And you're like, yeah, man. And then after like, you were only there for like three or four days, and I was like, oh, that's actually refreshing to see Fez, you know. Um, even under the circumstance, like you came out there because uh, I had created some drama, I think. Yeah, um, if I, I remember correctly, with a certain. I, I went out. I went out there to yell at a lieutenant and captain select. It basically was my job that time around. Yeah, yes. that was kind of crazy though because you guys like right when you heard was it the CO or EXO? It's the EXO, right? Yeah, I, I don't remember. Uh, no, it would have been the EXO or you guys is like not OIC, but. I just remember, I just remember everybody was like, hey, what happened? And I was like, do you want to know what happened? And I think it was you had overheard um, something that I was talking to Carballo about. And then the next thing I knew, there's a helicopter landing in Shikvani and you guys are jumping out like, what the fuck's going on? And I'm like, uh-oh, what did I do? Um, yeah. I, was ter- I was terrified. And then all of a sudden it flipped the script and like everybody was actually on my side. And I was like, oh, that's kind of fucking sweet. Yeah, no, I, I remember hearing about that. I was like, I got to go take care of this. And like that, I think that's the thing too, is, is a, there's a lot of people, I think the thing is a lot of people like to stand back and wait for something to happen. And like it's going to resolve and, itself. Exactly. Good, bad, or yeah. different. I, no matter what the situation is in class, what the consequence is going to be for me, I just want to jump in. I think I that's a lot say, of it. How big did your dick feel being like, yeah, I got to go take care of this. And you're on a fucking helicopter, <laughs> like, the next day flying out to us. I was well, just like, whoa, shit, so, look at him go. So the first thing is, is I, um, I had the authority to, I was the one that did all like the, uh, the KMAC stuff. Like oh, we got to move right. the pallets here. So I already had that authority. So basically I just said, Hey, I got to go out and do this. I got approval. And you know, next thing I know I was on a helicopter from one side of Afghanistan to another. So it was pretty, uh, pretty awesome to have that, uh, to have that trust. Um, given to me and to be able to like execute that authority in, on behalf of the OIC. So that was pretty awesome. Yeah. I mean, you were like a perfect person for that, but yeah. Uh, yeah Shikani so, was kind of, kind of nuts, but it was, it's funny. I remember all the weird shit there vividly. Um, all right. You got some topics. Let's get this. I, do, I definitely have some topics. Um, the first thing I definitely want to talk about, have you guys heard about this, the Dragon Man skull that's been found? Nah. Oh. Is that a Well, that, so that basically the Dragon Man, there's a, there's a new skull. And unlike some of the other larger skulls that have been found, this thing dates like 120,000 years ago. Right. Versus right. like, you know, like, you know, I know, I know modern man came out about 300,000 like years ago. Yeah, but but this is considered a a different thing, and the biggest difference is is how much larger the skull is beyond like normal humans. Like Andre the Giant skull would look smaller in comparison to this skull, so it's not like a, a a genetic mutation or anything. It's actually a different breed of man. So there's giants like Andre the Giant. Now, when you say different breed of man, you mean like um, post Homo sapiens pre. Pre, because did, be. did, didn't you say this was like 150,000 years ago and you said modern man, homo sapiens, like 300,000? Or am I just confusing the timeline here? I guess what the, the thing is, Neanderthal is considered a modern man, homo sapiens considered a modern man, and this is considered a different 
I would say more of divergent species of man. Because wasn't there a recent discovery also in like Thailand or the Philippines or something? And that was said to have been another species as no, well. That's exactly what you're thinking, China. It was in China and it was in... Oh, place. okay. Maybe I'm thinking so, of what you're talking about. Then. Yeah. It was in China is, and it was what? <clears throat> it's just basically, they call it a dragon man. It's just the skull. The guy moved it and he's like, they don't have the ability to do anything with it. So he went and hit it in a well, apparently, for like like 20 years till science got better enough to kind of determine what it is before he showed it because he felt like at the time that archaeology was kind of the the European archaeology where they would take stuff and you would never get it back if that makes sense yeah that's what the Smithsonian does man um yeah I mean they take all museums that that's that's the funny thing because all museums are basically thieves of some way or another. Like, oh, yeah, sometimes people the donate them. Fuck? Sorry, I got, this sucked me in. Um, I looked into this, the Dragon Man school that you're talking about. This is not at all what I was thinking of, but this is kind of interesting. But um, they call it, they're thinking it's either a new species, like you're suggesting, or it's the Denisovians or Denisovian hominins. With so a, I, an extinct species or subspecies of archaic humans that ranged across Asia and lower middle Paleolithic times. No shit. That's fucking so, crazy. So basically, um, all these theory, these these conspiracy theories, uh, conspiracists basically saying that giants existed in the time of the pyramids and all of these different things could potentially be not a conspiracy based hmm. on this new finding. So it's like interesting hedge, you bring this up. Stone could have been. I, I watched a documentary on these giants literally like three weeks ago, and specifically it was talking about uh, the skeletons that had been found in the Americas from the 1800s through the 1900s. And uh, typically, you know, they weren't really of giant note unless they were like seven feet taller or more. But uh, there was a lot of documented archaeological finds in North America, specifically Canada and the U.S. between you know the sometime in the 1800s and the mid 1900s and a lot of these specimens were uh, given to the smithsonian and you know I, I made my earlier comment about the smithsonian really keeping some of their more significant uh, artifacts really not even on display and uh, you know that goes in lockstep with the uh, quote-unquote giant skeletons i don't know that i buy into the whole conspiracy theory of the the hiding of giant history per se, but it is interesting that there's just so many counts of giant skeletons being found, none of which are on display. What's up with that? Yeah, why don't we know about Sasquatch yet? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, bro, just fucking release it. Tell I, us I the truth. Know, I already know Sasquatch is out there, bro. Well, probably because on some on some let's let's keep everybody's head under. There's probably a whole bunch of things that they know about. I mean, let's be real. Exactly. We'll totally that question bro. that will. Oh man, don't even start me on that. But right? that will that will get us to a place that like those. okay, God isn't real. If, if they, they'll question Ooh. Christianity, which will question everything and tear apart what they think of like oh we can't control these people if they know giants walked the earth and aliens were here and fucking you know what I'm saying Honestly, there's different species right? of people. Yeah, well, that'll fuck up everything. Oh, Mark, Can't, you get but let's, so animated, let, I get well, fucking hot. My heart rate just went up. Sorry, bro. Let's unpack I this a little bit. I was trying to keep it under wraps, bro. <laughs> <laughs> let's unpack this a little bit, right? So 
um, I think it's pretty much common knowledge today that uh, they say every European, so I don't know, maybe you could say roughly every white person on planet Earth has approximately 2% Neanderthal DNA still detectable. And that's an average of 2%. Some people more as high as 4 or 5%, I've heard. And obviously some people less, but Feds what is that? What is fucking higher than a five? Don't let me take that test. Don't let me take that test. Those are rookie numbers. I will shoot those two percent. Uh-uh. Right? I'm, I'm whole milk. Feds is fucking chest and milk? jaw I'm structure. <laughs> oh, sorry, Feds. I did. I'm minimum, like, minimum pro magnon. I am pro magnon. Twenty-five percent. Bare minimum. <laughs> I'm pretty sure two weeks ago I called him the missing links. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's true. No, uh, you know, what's, you know, what's super interesting though is uh, everybody talks about like, well, if they let you know, if they let people find out about this, and it's such a weird thing to 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 think that that the societal construct and societal control will collapse with information. That's just to me. That's just. The same thing. It's not societal. It's control, though. It's their control yeah, yeah. because we're yeah. already hard to control right now because we're in on the internet. Like you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So just like us being able to talk. Hey, yo, this is a little high. So I follow this page called High Snobiety. High. It's high society, but it's high snobiety. So it's like snob, high snob shit. Okay, nevertheless. So uh, it's like hype beast shit, which is like, oh, I'm into the cutting edge of fashion and technology and all this shit, mm. right? Okay, so recently on uh on uh what is that shit that everybody plays where they build blocks? Minecraft. So Minecraft. on Minecraft, a whole bunch of people built a library. They built a looking some like it took 220 hours or 2,000 something hours, and they built this library that you can go inside and click on links to read all this information. Pretty much an internet library for countries like fucking Japan and Russia that have a closed that thing. People what? built this. So they can store it so that those people can get access to information because their internet is limited. You know what that I'm saying? That is dope. Stuff well, like that? What, what, what? Stuff like that where somebody can go read something that in their country was locked away makes me feel hope for everything, but also is, is scary. That's also you, why you... the downfall of humanity is going to happen. <laughs> exactly. At the same time. So it's like... Too oh. many like-minded, twisted-minded people. Mm-hmm. And they're going to team, like, look at these Russian hackers and what they have been able to accomplish. Like, has anybody paid attention to that? Is that too deep? I'm that, sorry that I cut you off, uh, Pat, if you were heading in a direction and I just got excited to start talking about I that. I did too, sorry. Sorry no, about that. No, all, all I was going to say is it's, it's kind of, like, to that, to me, I, I actually did see that, the Minecraft thing. Mm-hmm. It's like the old Library of Alexandria where all the countries are pulling knowledge together for the first time. Yes. Instead of, instead of really, the people blocking him is... The scientific community and government, right? Because yes. you can't you can't have a science you can't have a strong government without a strong scientific community. Everything our government is able to like even like considering like drone strikes is because of science. Our national True. will is imposed by science, so they're a symbiotic relationship that gatekeeps for each other in all countries. I feel like, and I feel like, look, things what people think is chaos is actually nature. And so people knowing so much and then driving off the driven path is natural. It's just like, I go back and forth in this conversation about like what innovation is versus nature. Like what innovation is 
versus nature, technology versus the natural uh, development of things. But if you really think about it, fucking when somebody made a, a wheel, that was technology and that was a natural progression. So is the natural progression also us making chimeras in, in a lab somewhere? Is yes. that the natural progression? And so no, what if yeah. That, so what if that eventually goes into our fucking complete destruction? Is that where we're headed? Who knows? No, we are. Like, honestly, when I... If you think about humans in general, like we're we're kind of like just a parasite. Like I don't mean this in like a negative, no, we're a bacteria negative yeah. way, but like all we do is consume and use. Like as far as the ecosystem, like we don't provide anything like to the ecosystem. Like we only consume and use it. So like inevitably, given a long enough timeline, yes, we are our own demise because like we're the ones that are doing most of the consuming and the contributing, other than the carbon we leave behind in our death. But most of the time we throw that in the coffin and we don't even use it. Like, um, it's just weird to think like, um, I don't know why I keep going to black holes in my thoughts, but like, I think black holes are responsible for everything, man. That was, a I mean, that I was weird. I Sorry. I don't know how, like, I was just thinking so, like, so I, we, I, so- <laughs> I have no idea. I was just like, God, this reminds me of black holes. I was following you until, until black, black holes. Jeez. I was like, I, I, you know, first my brain went to make fun of you, and then I was like, there's no reason to. That's so far off of what you were talking about. I, I don't even, I don't even need to. It's no, ridiculous. So- I know in in the back oh, no, of my I, my ADHD, I was going off in the back of my head about like how I feel like our death ties into black holes because like I've been on this black hole kick for like two weeks. Um, oh, just two weeks. Just two. Well, I mean, my whole life, but like I've been like diving in <laughs> two decades. The last two weeks. Yeah, you know, like basically since I was a child, and my father left me, and I thought he went into a black hole, and I explained it to myself that way. Um, <laughs> no, I, 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 I definitely agree with you. Like, like I said, uh, people are so far out of nature that like, when I try to explain stuff to people, uh, people, they're just, they don't understand how far re- removed we are from nature. Like, uh, when I talk about like how I have spiders in my house and I don't use bug spray and I use vinegar, people are like, why don't you just kill the bugs? I'm like, why do you want to kill an integral part of your ecosystem around Mm -hmm. you because it's just dominoes you kill one ecosystem it goes into the next it goes into the next and it goes into the next and we have the issues we have you know right now we're like the introduction the introduction of a predator in yellowstone the wolves improve the elk population the Mm. riverbanks improve the fish population it improves the bird population all of these different things were improved with the reintroduction of one layer of the ecosystem. Damn, maybe releasing Bill Cosby will be a good thing. But <laughs> what happened with the wolves after? <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. That was awful. Okay, go Thank on. You. Danny, Danny, you're still there. No, I, I know they are, but didn't they become a, uh, a uh, bad thing after a while? I no, thought I, mean, I thought after it, the reintroduction it, they they became too overpopulated in Yellowstone because I know we have a problem in um, Idaho right now is issuing like a bunch of wolf tags for people yes. like because yes. they're yeah yeah so they're basically they're spreading mm-hmm. you can't keep an animal contained it's going to range wherever its food takes them and they're going to 
overpopulated. And, and, and animals want to survive just like we do. All animals, like the the key in nature in all animals is to survive and reproduce. That's what they're going to do. All animals, oh, yeah. all people, all bacteria, it's to survive and reproduce. So they found a spot where they can re- reproduce and continue. So they're going to grow. So it got That's, too much. Well, it got too much to stay within that the confines specific, of yeah, Yellowstone. And they, they found a, a large population of animals that are easy to kill, which is like sheep, uh, farmers' sheep, uh, mm-hmm. other deer populations, uh, ca- cattle. They're going to range, but it doesn't take away from the fact that it improved the wildlife the within, that, within the area. Just because yeah. they're killing people's animals on, doesn't uh, negate the, the positive effects in Yellowstone. On, on Wild Thornberries. I don't know if you remember the show, Nickelodeon, Dude. whatever. Okay. The Nickelodeon yeah. show our day, they slapped. Okay. There was one part where she goes to, they go to, uh, to, they go to a certain place to watch this specific seal, I believe. Either a seal or some type of bird. No, it's a seal that they're going to watch, right? They're going to see, get a shot of them shooting, right? Because, you know, Walthornberries was a fucking nature show and they would go <laughs> watch specifically this thing and it was all these things. So she, uh, fucking uh, Eliza, walks into the desert one time and she sees this bird that's like, has this little stick and is trying to poke its mouth into a, a cactus, which is natural what they do to get a, a larva out, right? And she's like, ah, and he's like, ah, I can't get it. He's all skinny. Fuck, I, I can't get it. I'm pissed. Jesus. She says, one second. She goes home and finds him a, 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 a needle, right, that's a little bit longer and gives it to him, right? And he stabs his, stabs his mouth into the, he uses it the way he would have used the stick and stabs it into the hole and is able to get a whole bunch of larva out, right? So he's happy, right? Well, then she walks away, the birds start fighting over it, and then that dude flies away, he comes back and the bird's fat as hell and there's no larva. Well, what she didn't know is that the birds of that area ate the larva. If they don't have the larva, then they can't feed this. Now that's fucking up the fly population and the fly population is what the, uh, is what the fish eat and so now the fish aren't eating it, so now they can't get the bird or the seal because that's connected to the ecosystem. And she fucked it all up, which she won't get that shit, right? As soon as she took it back, everything replenished and they were able to get the shot. And it was just a beautiful thing of nature, you know what I'm saying? And her knocking off one little thing by giving somebody a needle, you know what I'm saying, made that bird too fat and blah. I hope I didn't go too deep to explain that, but it was just a really cool symphony of nature. That's. I don't, mm. think, uh, I don't think the wild thornberries is ever too deep to explain something. <laughs> I think you got but a point I, there. But great uh, television. It was great. Oh man, I did love that. But yeah, um, I just like, when you not... were a kid, what do you remember being the cartoon that you were the most into? Like something that you watched like religiously? Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How about Wiley Coyote and the Roadrunner, man? Oh man, you know what? I talk about this all the time. Yeah, Looney Tunes. Looney Tunes was just a staple for not just our generation. Like you're talking like our grandparents and our parents and us. I feel like this next generation is the first one that's really not growing up with Looney Tunes. Yeah, but like also, if I'm honest, hey like Arnold, Looney Tunes. We what? Oh, <laughs> there he is. Hey Arnold, pop on, pop on, head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I do what I can. Uh, I think mine was, uh, I think mine was Doug. Ooh, Oh, he would be beatboxing. Yeah, that was right. And you had Skeeter. Everything, Patty like, Man, like, hey, son. Patty hey. Man, looking back on it, everything was like, 
little questionable now and i'm like oh <laughs> but uh yeah i don't know why but that just stands out to me for some reason Doug. Yo, dude, or uh I or angry like, beavers doug or angry, angry beavers. beavers was classic bro. right dude you can't find it anymore okay look, look on hulu right now they have a thing called the orange years man and they go super deep in the producers and the creators of their shows and like everything so they have all depth i mean all that and like legends of the hidden temple and all that shit right and it's just going into like literally the creators of the shows talking about what they want to give kids and how it was like versus Disney and how like they want to tap into the wackiness of a child's mind and how it's like kind of like iffy, like should we be talking about this? But also that's the type of shit the kids want to exactly want to do. And just like teasing that, like just wackiness that's in the kid's mind that Disney will not do because they're all about like Christianity and shit. The the Mm. one guy who is absolutely, I think the king of cartoons was Jendi Tartavosky, which was yes. Texas Laboratory, okay. Powerpuff Girls, Samurai Jack, the, the the top of it all, Samurai Jack. Absolutely. So Cartoon Network ones. Well, I'm. Well, I mean, I'm not specifically saying that. No, like, I, I mean, no, well, I mean, like he did a lot. Of, the ones that you're saying, he did a lot of the Cartoon Network. Ones. Yeah, I mean, if he's doing like. He, if we're gonna go in on adult, there was nothing that compared to Johnny Bravo. John, who? <laughs> Johnny uh, Bravo so, would be canceled right now. Johnny Bravo, honestly, was... all of that shit would be if you think about it. I remember my introduction but a good to Cartoon Network was mm-hmm. like uh, going to Germany. I was like, I went back home to visit family. Um, like I did an unaccompanied minor flight, right? Like the the airline staff basically walks you through and does all the shit, and then I end up in Germany, and my uh, my family picked me up. Uh, and my uncle, I remember we went to his house and he would like lived on this farm with like this river that went through it. Um, and it was just like this badass property. But I remember thinking the coolest thing was he had American, um, cartoon television and I was like, Oh, badass. So like the time difference would be different. Like obviously flying to Germany, it was basically, um, I would be awake when I would normally be asleep, um, and vice versa. So I would be awake during the like during the middle of the night and in Germany, you know, that's when they're playing the adult stuff. And it's like, I remember I'd walk out because I couldn't sleep and I'd turn on the TV and it would be like these commercials for like, it would be like a shampoo commercial. Right. And there would be these girls just butt ass naked and they're just showering, you know? And I'm like, what the fuck is it? Like, this is just regular TV, you know? And it's like nudity everywhere. Cause obviously it's way different in, in Europe, but I left when I was so young and then came back later uh, and I thought everything was so weird, but mm, Johnny Bravo. Yeah, it was like everywhere, right? I actually, I could go on more about stories about it because it was so weird. But uh, I remember my introduction to Cartoon Network shows was Johnny Bravo um, and Dexter's Lab. And it was on Cartoon Network and it would play like late in Germany. And I remember not being able to sleep and I'd stay up all night watching those. And I got fucking hooked oh, on Dexter's that's what, Lab. That's what you're watching late at night, Danny. Come on. No, you I mean, there was, there was also wrestling and titty commercials, you know? And it was like, I would be like, oh, pause. You know, it'd be like like some sex phone call commercial with girls like fully naked. Like, it's just different, you know? You know, I just, I just realized. German girls gone wild. Danny, Not even like that. It's just you normal. Were, you were born in Germany in what year? 87. So you were technically like a baby there when the wall The fell, Berlin right? Wall came yeah. down. Yeah. Too. So, so this is a talk about that. Oh, Eric, hit it. 
Yeah, hit it, okay. bro. I, I, I have a question for Mark. It's a, it's a question for all of you, but I, I'm I'm curious to see what you all say. But I'm going to pose it to to uh, I'm sorry, Danny first. Uh, oh, the Nazis first. The Nazis, a left or right leaning government? Uh, this is a setup, bro. Well, yeah, no I think there's I think there's a right answer, but you know I want to hear you guys' thoughts. I think naturally the, the Germans. I don't know this, but I think they were left. But then, uh, then the fascism came with Hitler. Well, which was I, which is right. I, I'll 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 throw okay. this out there. Uh, I don't know if it's a left or a right because you're talking about the Nazi Party, and we're not talking about Germany. You know, as a new country back in the 1800s, we're talking in the post World War One. Yeah, when are we talking about Germany? I guess, huh? Good question. So, so the Nazis would be approximately like 1929 through 1945. Yeah. So, like okay. ten years. Okay. Well, then so, I would say that they were more left leaning, more toward the socialist type of. Yes, I, I would agenda. definitely think that socialism would be left leaning, but I also feel like there was legitimate oppression within that country because of sanctions placed upon them by Russia and, you know, uh, other countries in which they, you know, fell victim to during World War One. That's a great point. That's a great point. And when you talk about <clears throat> sanctions, what you're talking about is war without boots on the ground. How do you destroy a country? How do you mm, create true. the native populace's um, unloyalty to the sovereign uh, quote-unquote regime? Well, you destabilize it economically, and you can do that without soldiers. Sanctions are an act of war 100%. You know, but but again, I, I won't digress. I do want to talk about the Nazi government, um, national socialism. That's what Nazi means, right? National socialism. And I find it interesting that historically, this is a conservative movement. Historically, this is a connotation of the right. And it's an evil that the right manifests. And if you wanted to get specific, the far right manifests itself as Nazis. I believe that they were as left as left could be. I believe socialism is literally the epitome of what we consider the liberal left. And is the idea of nationalism really exclusive to, to the right? right? No, I don't think that. Mm -hmm. But it depends I, on the culture not. of the country. It, it depends on the culture of the country. So well, let, me a whole bunch of, yeah. let me stop you right there. If you have a population, if you, if you draw a circle on a map and you say this government represents the people inside this circle, to me, that's nationalism. And that exists in every Wait, country. Wait, who says that, though? If a group of people reach a mutual understanding to govern the people within this circle, that circle being a nation's border, that is nationalism. And I, and I believe that exists in every nation, whether that government leans left or right. So okay. I think that we attribute Nazism to the far right. Really, it was a left movement that got mislabeled because of the title nationalism. Mm -hmm. Nationalism yeah, but, exists but what everywhere. What we don't like about the Nazis isn't the, what we didn't like about Nazis wasn't the, the socialism or, or that. We didn't like the fascism and we didn't like that they were like, hey, we're going to go clean, no, 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 clean the rest no. of the earth. Well, not not just that. No, there we was, realized there, why we we know why we didn't like them. But okay. like the question that was proposed, I think we're looking. I think we're digging into like. I yeah, think the Danny, question that's proposed is like, 
You are what? sounding so much like me. I love it. I love Sorry. it. Like, I'm just like, I'm saying Eric's way too smart for me. So I actually have to say, no, sir. No, uh, sir. <laughs> but I'm like, so I, I'm not very good with history. But when it comes to like a little bit about the Nazis, um, I kind of kind of know some uh, little, very little. Um, but I, I can't say that I disagree necessarily. Like, obviously, we hated the Nazis for the acts they did. But he's talking more in the manner of which they achieved their goals. Well, like, the, the, well, yeah. I, okay. I, yes. Okay, okay. Hold on. Before you continue, if we view the spectrum of right and left on a linear, then the further right would uh, views you go would be so much further the further left you go. But it seems like the further right you go on either side, they start to match in their beliefs in in limiting limitation. The further right and further yes. left you go. So I would yeah, I would say that. And the that middle is actually on, where instead of, on, instead of on a line, you're on a you're on a globe. You're on a uh, uh, a sphere. So the X, center y, is a part. You know, like like let's just call it like Greenwich, like where we start our time zones. The further away you get put, uh, away from that, the closer you get back to each other. So yes, I believe that okay. you can't you can't go say like oh the further right you go, the further away you are from the left. No, eventually you're going to come back to the back around. The left. Okay, hell yeah, it's maybe a circle. Yeah, it's a, that's a, a, a sphere a, versus yeah. that. But the problem, like not with the oppression of the Nazi party and all of that, it's the <laughs> superiority in their value system mm-hmm. where they believe other people were lesser. And that, I think, is where the Nazis will always be the evil and the wrong. Whenever okay, what is fascism? Better, where is that lie? I'm sorry. What, is that fascism, a- fascism actually yeah. came from Italy. Fascism was invented by Mussolini's Italy, mm. and and it's supposed to be a conservative movement, and okay. which is right, correct, or is it left? Which is right, which is right. Um, right. Yes. But what I contend is, is this: were their policies domestically socialist? And I believe that Nazi Germany had domestic socialist policies. Now, did they have a flavor of capitalism intertwined? Of course, mm. everybody does. Even the communist Soviet Union had these interweavings of capitalism in, in their economy. Uh, any ism is bad. Any ism, I don't care if you call it capitalism, socialism, communism, in its purest form, it's not going to people properly. properly. Mm-hmm. Right, right. So, so I guess the uh, modern equivalent I draw is the United States of America. You know, we're a democratic republic. Half the people that live here don't even know that. <laughs> but, right. but specifically, we're a democratic republic. We're a capitalist uh, society with a lot of interweavings of socialism. Is socialism inherently a wrong thing? No. no I don't know. So, so, so uh, one thing that people tend to forget is countries are generally not symbiotic each country is technically somewhat of an island and how you influence another country is through diplomacy economy trade and war if you can't meet if you can't meet those those different things something has to get fixed within your government so if you can't meet a trade thing because you know because of uh issues with capitalism or issues with uh communism you have to grow that strength within there. So yeah, I believe that no one system is, you know, like like a perfect system. Like you look at a car, 
you use gears, you use levers, you you use electricity, you use combustion, you use all these different things because one single one single thing cannot move that national will in the direction that you want it. You need all of these things. So to say that a country is not the one thing, you know what I'm saying? They're like, oh, that's just socialism or just fascism. You can't because each of these things don't embody the diplomacy or the the trade or the economy or the military might. They're all different and they all have each one. Well, that goes to what Eric said. Yeah. Yeah, Well said. Like when he initially stated, you know, like if you were to draw a circle, which, you know, is basically representing the borders, we all have that sense of nationalism. Otherwise, there would be no borders in the first place. There would be no borders in the first place. Exactly. But, you know, um, on top of that, though, uh, I don't disagree with the word that you just said. Um, I would just like to point for my example of of proving this point uh, to the United States of America, the most capitalist country on planet Earth, uh, highways. Uh, the, the highway system, the freeway system, the police system, the fire department, the, the public education system. And, and of course, all these systems have flaws, but these are all socialist institutions that have been adopted by a capitalist society because it's deemed to be in the public good. My point is simply this, any ism in its purest form is never a good thing. And I don't care what you call that ism. Capitalism, communism, doesn't matter to me. Okay, it really comes down to people. Does the system serve the people? Well, in Nazi Germany's case, what I believe to be the case is uh, I believe that to be an example of a socialist country. And I believe that there's one fact that is very true in history, and that is that, that socialist countries can field stronger militaries. I believe the Nazis were aware of this. I also believe that the Soviets were aware of this. If you can subjugate a population, you can command a population. If you have a free-thinking, capitalistic, individual, um, pronounced society, uh, that, that's a lot harder to do. You know, uh, America fought the world wars with volunteers. You know, Germany didn't. You know, Austria didn't. France didn't. And that's why the Smithsonian is hiding these fucking giant heads <laughs> UFOs. Because they did it with fucking giants. God. That's how they fucking pulled it off. That's we had to right. team up against fucking giants that the Nazis created. <laughs> you heard it here first, people. The giants were created by the Nazis, and, and that's uh, why we had so many goddamn volunteers. And, and Danny, what would be uh, what would be uh, uh, Jer- Dragoon? Dude, fuck you guys. First of all, like you guys are just waiting for the moment to call me a Nazi. Go Dragoon Spacers. Take your fucking jabs. Go for it. <laughs> uh, we always got to. That's great. I, I mean, uh, every we chance go you back get to through the back. episodes and find out how many I'm not a Nazi yet. Now we also got to end part one. So I want to right. do that part. Ca- count me down on the part one. Three, two, and go. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to part one of today's podcast. Stay tuned later on in the week for part two. Oh, good. As always... You can find us at the Redeeming Qualities podcast on our Instagram. You can ask us questions and, you know, just get up-to-date information on the podcast, as well as uh, on Anchor, you can send direct voice messages to the creators of the podcast, which is us. Yeah, and if you're too old to do the old social medias, you can also hit us up on our uh, email. Just email and any questions that you may have. 
Um, what was that one again, Fez? Redeeming Qualities at uh, Gmail? Yep, Redeeming Qualities at Gmail. Oh, Redeeming Qualities Podcast at Gmail. Okay, perfect.